Welcome to Logical, the Gulf region's first and still the only legal podcast from the Dubai-based law firm HPL, Yamalova and Pleska. I'm Tim Elliott. I'm here at the firm's offices on floor 18 of Reef Tower in Jamira Lakes Towers with the managing partner Ludmilla Yamalova. And it is, as always, great to see you. Pleasure to see you. Now, in this edition of Logical, what it means, what it takes to do business here in the UAE, the most basic of considerations if you're going to start your new venture uh, and we'll start at the beginning now in the UAE it is a hub of so many different uh, fields of activity there's so much you can do here entrepreneurial activity is certainly actively encouraged it's fair to say it's becoming easier than ever I guess to set up a business to employ staff and hopefully to succeed in business here in uh, the UAE. Look, I wanted to start off by just kind of rolling back the years a little bit and talking a little bit about the history, what we've seen in the very recent past as to how business rules have, I guess the word is, evolved. Well, you're correct about the UAE embracing the spirit of entrepreneurship and <clears throat> encouraging uh, small businesses and uh, new business ventures. Uh, that being said, there are a few legal nuances that are important to highlight uh, that have existed over the years and have um, um, continued to evolve. And in particular, with um, the, within the last year or so, there have been a few more developments that have affected this particular legal infrastructure, if you will, for uh, for running a business in the UAE. And in general terms, there are two categories of issues to remember. Uh, with regards to running a business in the UAE. So one is um, any kind of business activity, doing any kind of business uh, ultimately requires having a proper license, a trade license. Uh, so, and I can granulate that a little more shortly, but what that means is that let's say if I wanted to start baking cookies and selling cookies um, to my community, uh, technically speaking, I'm not allowed to do so without a proper trade license. So that's one category of, of legal issues, uh, and I'll run through the list of what it means to set up a trade license. The other part to the equation is the immigration status. So uh, similarly, uh, in order for me to do any kind of employment or do any sort of business here, I need to have proper residence visa, and that residence visa has to be of employment-type visa. In other words... Um, if I'm, let's say, here on a student visa, technically speaking, I cannot run a business, I cannot work. Or if I am on a residence visa, an employment visa, uh, to, for example, to work at a coffee shop, I cannot run an engineering lab. So the visa and the 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 business that you are doing, or that you or the responsibilities you're involved in, have to also correlate. Um, so those are the two categories. One is having a proper trade license, and then the other one is having a proper visa. Uh, so, and that's basically any kind of entrepreneurial activity or an established business. Uh, that you may want to either join or start up. Those are the two elements that are always important to keep in mind. With regards to setting up a business, uh, and um, there isn't really a minimum threshold, for example, uh, which uh, upon which you need to have 
your own license or you need to have your own company. Any in the law, according to the law, any activity, any business activity that ultimately has some kind of a commercial uh, uh, element, i.e. receiving money or, uh, or paying money or accepting money, uh, then requires a license. What that means is that in order for you to do any kind of business activity, you need to apply to the relevant authority to apply for a license, a trade license. And in the UAE, that's the term that has become uh, quite commonly used, and that's the trade license. A trade license is issued by a relevant authority, when I say that, uh, and that it depends. The authority could be any of the economic authority under whose umbrella you wish to set up. Uh, and uh, generally, there are two types of companies you can set up. One is on the mainland and under the authority of the mainland. And the mainland is the authority that licenses companies on the mainland uh, is uh, usually referred to as DED or Department of Economic Development. And every emirate has its own DED. So there's a Dubai Department of Economic Development DED, there's Abu Dhabi and so on and so forth. Uh, so those are, that's the authority that licenses all the companies under the, on the mainland. And uh, but then we also have a number of free zones and, and all the free zones are separate authorities and those free zones have their own authorities that license um, their, their, their companies that are set up under them. So for example, there's a DIFC, the Dubai International Financial Center Authority. There's the DMCC, the Dubai, Dubai uh, Multi Commodity Center. There's TCOM, there is Silicon Oasis, there's JAFSA or Jabalali Free Zone. And so each one of those authority, authority is a separate authority that will issue you the license. Uh, so as a business, you need to first determine where you want to be set up. And um, you start, I guess, with which emirate first. And then uh, and then on, in each emirate, they have you have the option of the mainland and you have the option of the free zone. And then you, once you go through um, the, the nature of your business, um, you may make a decision to set up within the free zone because that allows your greatest flexibility in terms of ownership structure. So the free zone, among other things, the main advantage or benefit of a free zone is that you're not required to uh, have a, a local partner to set up a business. Uh, in the free zone if you want to but it may be that depending on your business you may not be allowed or may not be in your, in your interest to set up in the free zone for example if you're in trading uh, you cannot be in the free zone uh, or if um, if you are in the particular industry that we're being in the free zone it does not quite suit you you may want to be in the mainland uh, so there are a number of reasons why you may not want to be uh, or cannot be in the free zone then you would have to set up in the mainland and the mainland you, the, the typical business um, that is set up under the DED is what's often referred to as an LLC, which is a limited liability company. For all companies that are set up as a limited liability company under DED, there's a requirement of having a local partner who must be a UAE national and uh, must hold at least 51% of the shares of the company. Uh, that being said, certain businesses do not require an LLC structure. So, for example, if you want to open a restaurant, that you can open it as a sole establishment. And that means that you would own that restaurant 100% in your name. And um, you, for that, you do not require a local partner. And um, you can do it under the DD license without having to go to the free zone. However, uh, the um, nature of your license or business will be called the sole establishment, which uh, does not give you the limited liability of a limited li liability company, uh, which basically means that you will be personally liable uh, for anything that happens with the companies. In other words, there isn't really separate identity between 
the company, let's say the restaurant in YouTube Elliot, if you were the, uh, the owner of the company. Uh, so, but once you go through the list of what it is that you want your business to be, and then you determine uh, where, uh, which licensing authority you may want to apply to for a license, um, then that then starts the process. And as part of the application, uh, in this day, in most most free zones require that to have a license, you also have uh, an office. Uh, so that's a requirement and having an office um, there there are a few flexibilities but for the most part you require to have a physical office and so that's another component that a lot of businesses perhaps may not be coming into the UAE uh, for the first time and may not be aware of but that's a cost uh, that is attached to having a business here so having a license comes with the obligation uh, obligation of having an office and it has to be that company's own office in other words the company cannot move in and just rent a little corner or a little desk from another office and call it its office. So the office actually has to be registered and name the company. Uh, there are a few options under certain free zones that allow companies to, um, uh, to have a, a flexi desk as an office, which is not a physical office, but basically it's a, a, it's a use of use, um, limited use of, of an, uh, a desk or an office uh, somewhere, and it's usually referred to as a flexi desk. So there's, there's that option. Uh, and um, so that's what goes into the application of uh, applying for a trade license. Now, as time in the, la- in the last few, perhaps in the last year, um, there have been a few requirements that perhaps might have existed for some of these um, uh, licensing authorities, but not for others, have now become more and more standardized. Uh, one is the requirement of actually a physical office. So more and more um, authorities uh, are moving away from the option of having a flexi desk and they want companies to actually have their own physical office. Uh, which is just a, which is a higher expense than a flexi desk. The other component, and that also is attached to doing business uh, legally in the UAE, is having a bank account, and that is to have a trade license as part of the application. Uh, in addition to having a physical office, you also need to apply for trade uh, for a bank account. Uh, a local bank account and to have a local bank account banks in particular in response to a number of developments that have been happening in Europe and around the world are becoming more uh, more stringent with regards to their application and their acceptance of application for bank account opening uh, from local businesses so the one particular change that has been happening recently is that banks are much more reluctant to open bank accounts for a business that only has a flexi desk. So increasingly, banks are requiring for businesses to have a physical uh, physical address uh, on the basis of, well, if you're a true business, if you're actually a business, then you should have you should want to have a physical office uh, if you are a, a real business that's operating in the UAE. Uh, so that those are the two the two recent developments. One from the bank uh, that requiring the so the, the rent of a physical office, and then two more authorities requiring for companies to have a bank account as part of opening of a company. Because in the past, not all authorities required uh, an opening of a bank account. Uh, and then two, so more and more authorities are moving away from offering the flexi desk option for companies. And of course, the fact that you need uh, a very specific visa in order to reside in the UAE can't, the importance of that can't be overstated. 
as part of once you have a license then that entitles you to either apply for your own visa uh, or to now use that company to hire other employees to work for you legally uh, and so uh, to, to do that as a let's say if it's if it's me opening up a company in the free zone now I as a shareholder of the company will be entitled to have my own residence visa and on, on that visa now I can sponsor my family and additionally I can now hire employees and sponsor them under my company so that in brief is the framework for having a business setting up a business in the uae and running a business in the uae and that particular framework applies to any kind of business be it a multinational coming into this country or um, an entrepreneur setting up a new idea and wanting to test it in the market so that's really uh, ludmilla the the nuts and bolts of how you establish a company you have to have that physical presence that physical location you have to have the requisite visa the residence visa uh, in place your choice of free zone or mainland or even offshore entity that's a minefield there and that's something I think that we need to take in three specific podcasts and we'll do that soon but let's say you want to start your cookie baking initiative and you want to start it here in Dubai and you're looking at, for the sake of argument, the free zones. We've seen in the last 15, 20 years here in the UAE, free zones pop up. There are lots of different places offering lots of different activities. Let's just run through where you may start a cookie baking initiative as an example, but some of the activities that are permitted from a free zone here in the Emirates. Sure, a cookie business is a, is a good example uh, because that's a type of business that if I wanted to set up on the mainland, I could do in my own name under the sole proprietorship without having uh, to bring in a local partner. Yeah. Uh, so theoretically, I could do that, but I would not want to do it because a cookie business uh, under sole proprietorship license would not shield me. Uh, from uh, liability, so I would basically attach my personal identity to the the, the company, uh, in which means in the event there is ever a dispute and the company is is sued, I would be sued in my personal capacity as well because there is no separation. So I would not want to do that necessarily, in particular in the cookie business because what if um, somebody claims that they got sick because of my cookie? Uh, so there could be a lawsuit that will um, that will follow for damages, which could be quite substantial. Uh, obviously, I'm thinking of the sort of the worst case scenario, but this is in setting up a business. You do go through, you should go through that list of of questions and eventualities. And so I would want to have separate uh, legal identity for my cookie business. Therefore, I would want to choose a free zone. Uh, now, which free zone? And there are many free zones. And ultimately, when you're starting out the business, obviously, cost is an exp- is, is a is a com- an important factor. It's an important consideration. And um, there are a number of free zones that have much lower costs. And so that and these free zones often are located in other emirates. So, for example, in Ras Al Khaimah and Amal Kuwain and Fujairah, there are certain free zone options that. Uh, offer much uh, much more competitive rates, if you will, for setting up a license and perhaps a le- a somewhat less stringent requirements in terms of 
physical space and perhaps uh, more or more affordable office uh, rents. Um, so there are other free zones that are located across the UAE, not just in Dubai, that could, at least from a commercial standpoint, be more interesting uh, to set up a cookie business in because obviously I'm just testing the market for now. So I don't want to, to, um, to invest too much in setting up a business before I've tested it. That being said, if I am making cookies, that means I'm producing something and I want to be, and especially in the cookie business, you want the cookies to be fresh, presumably. <laughs> and so therefore, if you're now, so location becomes important. So if I were to set up in Fujairah and I want to sell my cookies in Dubai, that's not really feasible. Uh, similarly, if I'm setting up in Raq, uh, Ras al-Khaimah, uh, again, it's it's far from Dubai. And therefore, if I'm, if I'm, setting up a license if i have a license from rack i technically speaking legally speaking i have to be operating in rack so therefore my kitchen would be in rasahema and how would i be transporting cookies from rasahema to dubai uh, the reason I make that distinction is because there are a number of businesses that will set up a license in one emirate or in the one free zone, but will actually operate in a different free zone. Well, technically speaking, that is not allowed. So if I have a rack license in a certain free zone, I have to be operating there. So I have to be making my cookies there. So again, it's going back to my cookie business. I would want to sell my cookies fresh. So therefore the, ge the geographical location, the free zone is important to me because I would want to be operating in Dubai. So then I'd look at the free zones in Dubai. And once again, I would go through the consideration of what the cost, which one of the free zones available to me uh, is more affordable at this point in time. Uh, so, and there are different free zones available and, uh, and that as, when we're talking about the affordability, one of the other factors we'll look at is is renting, obviously retail. Mm. So which one of these free zones, in addition to the licensing fee, has more options and more affordable options for renting that retail space uh, uh, from which I will be operating? Um, so there's a number of factors, and you know, so there's some free zones, for example, will license fees. On, this, on the face of them it may seem lower than license fee somewhere else, but the office space or the retail that I would have to rent in order to open my kitchen are a lot a lot higher or the retail options are a lot more limited than the different free zones. So you really need to look at this as, as the full universe or, or in totality of the different costs that are involved in deciding which free zone is more, is more commercially affordable than the other. So you would want to look at, okay, which I will need for cookie business. I need a kitchen. That means I need to have a retail space, not just a commercial space. I can't make cookies or cannot have a kitchen in an office uh, location. So it has to be a special real estate that is designed as retail, which allows me to have a kitchen uh, with all the appropriate ventilation and other uh, regu regulatory requirements. So again, not all free zones have those kind of choices. So you look at, okay, so which of the free zones have retail uh, options? And, and and you probably wouldn't want to start with a very large retail. So you'd also look through, okay, so where where's the retail space that's, that's small enough for me to start my business? Uh, and perhaps it doesn't require as much of a capital investment upfront in terms of the fit outs. Uh, so it would be really on that basis, you would have to go through that set of questions and that's location, cost, uh, availability of office, uh, of retail, uh, and um, the type of capital investment that it would require for me to, uh, to invest to be able to start operating. 
then obviously you have to look at what do you do with these cookies so now you have your license you have your space you have your kitchen set up and now you want you're making the cookies uh, so what are you going, going to do with these cookies? Are you going to sell them from the shop or are you going to be doing delivery? If you're selling them from your shop, then obviously that's, uh, you need to take into account the, uh, the demographic of that neighborhood um, and the foot traffic perhaps because you would expect people to come and, and operate or either walk into your shop or drive and pick up your cookies if, if you were selling them from the shop. So that also has to come into the equation. And if, however, you're doing deliveries, then it's less relevant to have the relevant parking situation or the, the foot traffic. You can do deliveries, but then you also need to obtain additional uh, approvals uh, from relevant municipalities and, and government agencies in terms of deliver deliveries. Because if you're delivering outside of a free zone, there is another process that you need to follow. Uh, for those kind of deliveries so therefore you also look at the free zone in terms of okay if I were only operating within the free zone is there enough of a demographic uh, customer base for me here within this free zone um, so that I can operate exclusively within the free zone at least to start with without having to uh, to export if you will my cookies from outside of the free zone onto the mainland or into other free zones and that's interesting because when you work from a free zone and you distribute or sell on the mainland, you are in effect exporting, aren't you? Plus, I suppose in your case, Lud Miller's cookies, specifically here, and I'm thinking the peanut butter chocolate chip would probably be the best one, just speculating. Um, there are also municipality aspects in terms of food safety, etc. So all of these things are uh, regulated, and regulated heavily because this is a hot country here in the UAE. Well, for sure. And not only only are they regulated heavily, sometimes there are multiple layers of regulators. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you set up in the, in the free zone, the free zone itself will, will, has its own government uh, regulations and government authorities or people responsible for regulating such businesses within the free zone. But then on top of that, as you mentioned, there's also another municipality, so the, the Dubai General Municipality, which uh, and the various health and safety officials that are not necessarily resident in the free zone uh, that you from from whom you need to obtain approvals uh, not just one-time approvals but sort of ongoing approvals um, so you have the free zone uh, regulators and then you have above the free zone the sort of the greater Dubai municipality free zone, uh, regulators I guess we're going off topic concentrating on Lud Miller's cookies but it does set uh, an interesting talking point it is a base uh, to start from let's finish up you mentioned capital investment earlier on and you can come here into the UAE and set up with very little money, a lot of money. You could do it with your own money or borrow money. It's not as easy to get funding from banks here in the UAE as it may be in other jurisdictions. It is possible. Um, but what about raising capital here in the Emirates? Just your, I'm not going to hold you down to a specific truth in any way here, but just your thoughts. Uh, on where we are now when it comes to funding startups or new businesses? Well, in short, raising capital in the UAE is still a developing concept. And that's obviously because of it's a fairly new country and a lot of businesses uh, have set up over the years and have not maybe done so well. So, uh, so the financial institutions uh, are generally cautious for all good reasons. Mm. Uh, and uh, perhaps in the past it was much easier to raise capital from banks. Um, but after a few sort of economic fluctuations, uh, the banks uh, at, at present are not 
not very uh, very forthcoming in giving funding to startups. Uh, so banks are still operating and encouraging of um, giving funding to established companies. Uh, but in most cases, they require for the company to have been in existence for at least three years, if not five years, before they will do any kind of funding. Uh, so generally speaking, the traditional bank loans uh, that may exist and may be available for startups in other countries are not really available here. Um, so therefore, you'd have to move outside of the banking uh, financing option into sort of the more I guess, private um, financing companies and um, uh, equity, private equity funds and other financial companies. Uh, that particular space is also quite interesting because it's evolving quite rapidly and uh, the regulations uh, that exist to license those kind of financial institutions are also becoming more and more stringent. So it's not so easy for someone to come up and set up a fund here. Uh, so that space is quite highly regulated, again, on the back of the history, the recent history we went through here, where a lot of these financial institutions were not properly regulated. And so, if, again, for good reasons, financial institutions like that would normally offer alternative funding are are difficult to, um, to for new uh, institutions is difficult to come here and difficult to get a license so therefore you have more limited options that exist here on the ground now but even then most of them they require some kind of guarantee and some kind of comfort or confidence that your business is worthwhile to invest so that option private uh, private equity and and um, uh, sort of private financial companies uh, is an option, is an alternative, uh, but they are still um, they still not as easily available as uh, perhaps they, they they may be in other countries. So it's not a sure thing. So it's not so easy, and it, therefore whoever sets up a business, just it's important to bear that in mind because the options for funding and uh, is you know they're they're more limited. Now then you can also rely on kind of the old fashioned borrow money from friends and and bring in partners. Uh, so from what we have seen, that's been, um, uh, that has been one area that has been more present or more available to businesses. Uh, and in most cases, uh, there's, uh, there's still a lot of people here with uh, significant wealth that live here. So we have seen a number of clients over the years that, uh, that are able to find those kind of sources of funding and are uh, funded usually that way, either through these um, private uh, funding sources or by bringing in these kind of partners into the equation. Ludmilla Yamalova is the managing partner of the Dubai-based law firm Yamalova & Pleska. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Once again, Ludmilla's cookies, hopefully coming soon. What we're going to do in the next probably three podcasts is cover setup of companies in on a mainland basis, on a free zone basis, and an offshore basis. Check back soon for more. And that's it for another edition of the Logical Podcast. As always, there's a lot more we could have covered here, but if you have a specific question you'd like to answer, get in touch via lylawyers.com or through any of our social channels. We'll try to answer it in a future edition of Logical Plus for a legal consultation, lylawyers.com is the best place to start. Just hit the contact button.